Hello and welcome to the Undercut Podcast. We're back for another episode this week, this time to give you a preview of, yes really, it's back on the calendar after a long ages, the Canadian Grand Prix. And we are very excited, hey. yes, we are very excited about this as you can tell. Joining me as always are my two co-hosts, Jesse Willington and Ellie Mae Taylor. How are you both? Fine and... I don't want to say fresh, but really raring to go. I'm excited for Canada. That's what I am. I thought you were going to say fine and frail. <laughs> Not frail at this point in time. Ask me when I've been getting up at Canadian times to watch a ridiculous session. It's in the evenings, but okay. Yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Jesse oh. might be frail after all. It's just fine. <laughs> we'll move swiftly on because we are also joined by friend of the podcast, Jacob Phillips. How the heck are you? I'm doing great and even better that it's Canada race week. And I know that was a quite sarcastic yay there in the background. You might have heard from me, but promise, I do promise you guys I'm very excited for this weekend. And normally this would be the part of the podcast where we go into what the hell has happened. But considering we're recording this on a Monday evening after well, enough two review of Baku and an F1 review of Baku, not much has really happened. So we could make something up, but we're not going to because that's our predictions later. So instead, we'll just hand over the reins straight away to Jesse in what happened previously at the Canadian Grand Prix. It's been so long, we can't remember. It has been so long. In fact, it's been so long, I forgot to write a huge amount of notes for this. Usually I've written reams and reams of uh, text and paragraphs and research. Uh, but this time I rather forgot because it's been two years since we last raced in Canada. We obviously didn't race there in 2020 with, well, yeah, three years, essentially. We've missed two seasons of Formula One, three years, essentially, time-wise. We didn't race there in 2020 or 2021 due to the coronavirus. Uh, so the last time we went to Canada was 2019, which was a hell of a long time ago, and an awful lot's gone on since. Uh, how did that last race... Ferrari, and it is going to be Latifi's first and possibly last Canadian Grand Prix. Yeah. And also Yuki Tsunoda... Guan Yu Joe and then the TV himself all haven't been here yet. Yeah, they will have likely Joe brand new track for them. And Mick Schumacher for that matter. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Christ. How many home Grand Prix has Lance Stroll had at this point in time? Three. Three. Twenty because he was 2016, 2017, 2018, wasn't it? Yeah. 17, 18, 19, 12, so. Or 17, 18, 19, yeah. Yep. So that's three. Yeah. So We've got a lot of drivers going back to a circuit they haven't been on before. A lot of them have never been on before. Haven't been on some drivers have been on it for a long time. So it's certainly exciting that we're. Uh, will we see the wall of champions biting some of the non-champions? We will see it biting a few drivers. That's for certain. Uh, especially through potentially FP one and qualifying, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but of course. Last time out, 2019, we saw, according to my notes, Sebastian Vettel won, which I believe to also be true, and we won't touch on that anymore. Um, so who the track favours historically? Um, I'll tell you who the track doesn't favour historically. Uh, Groundhogs. Uh, there are an inordinate amount of... Yeah, don't shake your head at that. There is an inordinate amount of groundhogs that live around the racetrack because of course it's sort of set into a bit of a park it is not uncommon to rather unfortunately see these little buggers uh take the full might of a formula one car um like as far as my notes back on this go 1990 alessandro nanini struck one on track uh 2007 a groundhog uh, disrupted practice session of ralph schumacher on the race day itself anthony davidson was running in third in the grand prix 
then hit a groundhog, which he initially thought was a beaver, funnily enough. Uh, forced him to pit and repair damage to his front wing. 2008, one crossed the track at the hairpin in the second practice session, but did not disrupt anything. And then 2018, Roman Grosjean struck one in the second practice session. So they, they are known for causing a bit of chaos by just appearing on circuit. So the track f- favours historically not groundhogs, although... Uh, you would be glad to know that I do have a similar animal harm story with F1 for Austria as a follow-up, so there will be a sequel to this. Uh, a follow-up to animals act, accidentally getting run over on Formula 1 tracks. It's not a light-hearted segment. Um, historically, teams-wise, Ferrari have the best finishing record at um, at Canada, although McLaren are pretty close. 14 overall wins for Ferrari, 13 for McLaren, 7 for Williams, Four for Brabham and Mercedes, and then it's a two apiece between Lotus, Tyrrell, Benetton, and Red Bull. So, uh, of the teams that are actually still in the sport, potentially this could be the time we see Nicholas Satifi win his home Grand Prix. Williams winning in 79, 80, 86, 89, 93, 96, and 2001. So, that's who the circuit favours historically, although more recently, of course, 2019, the race was arguably falsely won by Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton. Um, 2018, I believe, was a Ferrari win. 2017, Mercedes. 16, Mercedes. 15, Mercedes. So of late, it has been a Mercedes favourite. Unless, of course, we're talking 2019, in which case it was rightfully Sebastian Vettel's win with Ferrari. It's worth noting, not Mercedes' fault that they won at the same time, which is weird to say, but it's just, yeah, it's again, not to try and trigger Jacob too much, but the FIA and the stewards were messing about there. Oh, I thought we were over that one, Timo. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> it's just, it was shocking behaviour, really, and uh, 2019. Vettel coming onto the track like that, what a move. Tyres were covered in grass. He had no control. He was lucky to not plough into the wall or Lewis. Could have been a groundhog. Could have been. Anyway, uh, the weather we can expect. Let's see. Weather for... Quite nice because it's June Montreal and not like it is the rest of the year. Canada famously has had some interesting weather in the past. Obviously, before we started recording this, we were discussing 2011. The obviously famously wet Grand Prix there. Here we go. My weather forecast. Do, 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 do. Today's weather forecast. Tomorrow's weather forecast. We want to go daily. So the weather forecast for the Canadian Grand Prix. Oh boy, Montreal, 19 degrees Celsius, and it is set to be raining. We will find it. We will find I wouldn't be against it, to be honest, if we can get as close to 2011 as we can, especially with some last lap drama that uh, doesn't favour a certain team. That would be just what the championship needs, regardless of who's in second place, I think. Well, as long as we don't get another Monaco farce again. But that's the thing. If we go 2011, wet race, that was good for McLaren. Last wet race that was good for McLaren, Russia. As long as Lando Norris remembers to change tyres as soon as it starts... Or Daniel Ricciardo. Or Daniel Ricciardo. He did very decently in Baku, and maybe this is his time. Maybe. But anyway, yeah, it's looking like a wet race on the Sunday. Uh, 66% chance of rain and a 13% chance of thunderstorms with 100% cloud cover. Potentially two hours of precipitation and rain. So, uh, and I've heard qualifying might be wet as well, depending on what forecast you look at. 
Uh, yeah, depending on your forecast, let's see, just loading up the Saturday one, 80% chance of precipitation, but a little bit warmer, so quite humid as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that affects the uh, engines and how people run cooling too. So it's looking like a potentially changeable weekend through the Canadian Grand Prix, which is more to shake up the fact that these drivers haven't been to the circuit in essentially three years, and a lot of them have never been to it at all. Well, I think as well, it's with the new regulations, I think this track is also going to be a lot more difficult for them because turn going into turn one, it's historically quite bumpy, I think, unless they've resurfaced the track. So that's going to hurt, you know, teams like the track for the race in 2019 because they were building a whole new bit of the pit lane build and stuff in there as well. So I think they just decided whilst they were at it to do that. Yeah, so it might be better there, but... Then you've got the issues of three chicanes that they used to ride the curbs over. Now you can't really do that with the new regulations. Could see some spicy overtakes though. If people were trying stuff into these corners, you never know. Might be worth risking it and putting it on the curbs uh, just for that purpose. But then you've got the trouble of a lot of teams are probably going to be porpoising all down those. That's why it's fun, (laughs) especially in the wet. Well, the rain might cancel out the porpoising. This is true, although we are set to actually have rain on all three days of the Grand Prix. The Friday forecast is also 72% chance of rain, about two millimetres of precipitation, and rain through the Friday night. So if they do get any dry running, chances are any rubber that's laid down is going to be washed away. So they're coming to a green track pretty much every day, which is going to keep things quite spicy indeed. This is going to be. This could be a good weekend. I mean, talking of spicy, our predictions for the weekend, which we will start off with with pole position. Okay, I admit, not the spiciest of predictions, but Charles Leclerc is who I have chosen for for this position. And considering his track record of getting pole positions this year, it's about the only thing he is able to do consistently. So that's that's why he gets my vote there, and possibly why he also gets Jacobs. Yeah, pretty similar to Timo there. I think, you know, obviously on the Saturday that Ferrari have by far the best car and traditionally uh, this track normally, as we've heard there from Jesse, suits the Ferraris, but obviously it's a whole new era. But I still believe on the Saturday that he will get pole position. But now you've mentioned that forecast, um, all, I guess the predictions are locked in, but, you know, it could be a spicy pole position system. Maybe chance for Mercedes to be up there. Ellie May's gone for an uncharacteristic. Well, I'd say uncharacteristic, but maybe for the wet it's uncharacteristic because last wet race he didn't do too well in qualifying. Who have you gone for, you know? I've gone for Verstappen, but I made these predictions in the dry. But I think because it's such a low downforce and fast track, I think it should, if it's dry, favour the Red Bull. Red Bull's more so throughout the whole weekend. Because I think they've got just that bit more pace than Ferrari. Ferrari seem to get the pace back when it's in the lower speed corners and the more sort of technical areas. I mean, I've gone down a similar vein with Red Bull, but I've gone the other side of the garage and I've gone for Perez, which I think could be quite interesting. And again, he's got a bit of a wind behind him at the moment. Obviously, that Monaco win, a decent performance in Azerbaijan where he did out-qualify his teammate. And he does know the Canada circuit a little better than Max does. And Perez can surprise you in the wet as well. So if we do have some damp or greasy conditions, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a good performance in Perez. 
which leads us nicely onto our podium, which is a lot more spicier from me at least, don't you worry, as this could potentially be a result of a wet Grand Prix. And I don't know if this is that bold now, if, I, if we do get to the amount of rain that we, we're wanting there. I'm going to just blindly go in and go into this whole thing of I'm not going to get points regardless of what I do. So Hamilton will win the race with Daniel Ricciardo in a rejuvenated second place and then Sebastian Vettel in third, which we all can agree on would be just lovely to see. In fact, none of us have picked truly alike um, podiums, which is quite interesting and quite a unique take for us. Jacob, I'll let you go with yours next, which is significantly different to Timo's. Yeah, and significantly more boring as well, I must admit, but I'm trying to keep up my track record from the Saudi Arabia Grand Prix with a few points this weekend. Who knows? The guest might be top of the leaderboard, but one can dream. So I have gone for... Charles to win the race. Now that might seem actually pretty bold, so I could have put that down in my bold prediction as well, because you never know, the engine might go again, so hopefully the rain cools it down for them. But I have gone Charles, I think, you know, just for the, uh, well, just to make the championship that little bit more spicy and to keep up the championship fight. So I've gone for Charles, I think it's going to be a better weekend for them, and then I've gone for the two Red Bulls as well, because I think that Signs is just not up to the level of those two currently. So I've gone for Charles, Max, and then but no, he's in the wet. It could be anyone. So Latifi coming through to win his home Grand Prix, of course. And what I like there is you finally predicted Charles Leclerc wins from a Charles Leclerc pole, which currently I believe the record is that Verstappen has won more races from a Charles Leclerc pole than Charles Leclerc has won races from a Charles Leclerc pole, which uh, is a balance that really needs to be readdressed. He's got fifteen poles to four wins. That's not a very good ratio. It's a F one. It, I think, yeah, it is statistically the worst pole-to-win ratio of all drivers. If we're doing pole-to-win ratio, it's quite amusing how, okay, not all the wins came from pole, but it's amusing that Hamilton has 103 poles and 103 wins. So theoretically, it's 100%, but it's not. Yeah, and I still love the fact that Verstappen has a better chance of winning when Charles is on pole than Charles has of winning when himself is on pole. Um, what about when Max is on pole for Charles winning? I don't know. I don't know who's done that in Mind you, speaking of Verstappen winning, that leads us on to Ellie May's podium. Yeah, I've gone for Verstappen and Perez um, for the same reasons as pole position, really. I think if it is dry, Red Bull, I think, will dominate. And then I've gone for Ricardo in third because I'm kind of, as you'll kind of see later on in my predictions, I'm hedging my bets in that I think we'll have to watch out for McLaren and Alpine this week, weekend, for the fact that I think a lot of teams are going to struggle with porpoising. They're then going to put the ride height up to reduce that because people like Hamilton can't quite cope with it anymore. The two teams that don't really struggle with it are Alpine and McLaren, so they won't have to change their ride heights. So... Maybe it might be McLaren's weekend to get a podium. It's not bad logic. In fact, it's quite sound logic. And I've gone down a similar route, although I've gone for Perez win. I reckon if uh, my prediction of Perez pole comes true, I reckon Perez will convert it into a nice win. And then we'll see a Charles second place and Lando third place, uh, making up. He, he likes a bit of a damp conditions. We've seen him do well in damp Imola's before, a pretty high speed circuit at points. 
So I reckon we could see him do something fairly similar with the high-speed Canada in the damp. So, yeah, like also as uh, Ellie alluded to with McLaren not having to worry about their ride height and dealing with porpoising could play out in Lando's favour. And I uh, I don't quite believe in that Ricardo redemption, unfortunately. As much as I like would like to, because he's a great guy. But uh, I think Lando's just got a handle on that car that is uh, can't be beat. You're just booing me really quietly and slowly from a distance there. Why do we invite you on this podcast? Anyway, fastest lap. Um, Timo, I'll throw it over to you. You've picked Perez for fastest lap. My logic being, I should have chosen him last week. So, so you should do it again. Yeah, I will choose who it was last time in the hope that he does it again. And if not, then my strategy will be to choose whoever does get it for Silverton. And eventually... I may get something. I'm really pulling it all strings at this point just to make some points happen for me. You're getting desperate for points in this this little championship you've got going on. Jacob, you've gone for Charles Leclerc, fastest lap. Yeah, I did go for Charles. Um, I seem to remember when I was writing these, I actually went for Perez, but maybe I did write down Charles. So I've gone for Charles Pole, Charles Wynn, and Charles fastest lap. So it sounds like a Charles Van Slam incoming and that could be uh, could be a bold prediction not that I've gone for it but yeah I think that um, if you win you're more than likely going to get a fastest lap here and there so yeah why not let's let's have a good weekend for Ferrari please he needs that redemption really doesn't he Leclerc I think this is more of hope than expectation I can't lie to you but... <laughs> my optimism is getting infectious I know, it's a change of tune for me. Normally I wouldn't be that optimistic, but hey-ho, got to start somewhere. Ellie, your fastest lap prediction sort of follows on from your earlier point of not having to deal with porpoising. You've gone for Fernando Alonso. Yeah, I think we saw in Baku the Alpine straight line speed was pretty mighty. So it's quite a high-speed track again, Canada. Lots of kind of straights. So... I think he he might do it. And he has had a fastest lap as well this year, has he not? That is a... He's attempted to. That's different from getting one. <laughs> I think they all attempted to at some point. <laughs> They've all attempted to drive a fast lap, but uh, has, has Fernando got a fastest lap this year? That is a good question. I'm going to say no, but Norris has got one, but I don't think Alonso has. Let's have a quick look. Maybe I'm getting confused between Lando and Nando. Uh, okay. You've got pole in Australia, which you've been talking about fast laps. I don't remember a fastest lap. He has not got to the it fastest really lap. Well, it will be this race he gets the fastest lap. How smug is she going to be if she's right? Unbearably smug. I mean, I've gone pretty, pretty dull, actually. Max Verstappen, fastest lap, which... If it's wet, may or may not see, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, it's not an exciting prediction. Not as good as my bold call of five DNFs, which uh, I reckon we could see either Ferrari unreliability, uh, groundhogs all over the place, or due to wet weather and uh, just simply cars throwing themselves into the barrier. So uh, five DNFs, and I'm not going to be specific because that caught me out last time. I said, I think you're being chicken by not being specific. You know what? I am a chicken. I'll take that. Clock for us, Jesse. Clock for us. 
because I specified that it was going to be a double DNF and I said it was going to be for Mercedes and we had one instead for Ferrari and I didn't get a point. So I'm just going to say five DNFs and sit with it. I've, I've been equally bold in a different way in that Ferrari will have a good strategy this weekend, which uh, optimism and cynicism going hand in hand. There. It's a pretty good combination. I like the idea of the outcome. I'm going to say they'll have a good strategy and I'll be sassy about it. Yeah. I mean, down a similar line of optimism and cynicism, Ellie May, what's your bold prediction? I've gone that Williams will finish in the points. One or both of them? I'm not going to specify. <laughs> I'm going to be a chicken too. She's learning from the master. Not Latifia's home race now? Are we that bold? Are we that optimistic? I'm I'm keeping my mouth shut. One, one third of this podcast is, but we've already had my world predictions, so I can't say, unfortunately. So one world prediction left, and this one comes from Jacob. And uh, you've been, there's been a few opportunities actually to segue into this um, throughout this uh, new podcast. I've said VSC due to Rogue Groundhog. And when I was writing this, I wasn't actually sure what to call them, so I looked it up. And actually saw the Davidson incident, which Jesse mentioned, and that's how I know they were groundhogs. I was going to call them, I think, like you said, beavers or or wild ferrets. I knew they weren't ferrets, but some some animal somewhere. So I think there's going to be a BSC due to either on the track, they're not going to move, or the Tifi finds a groundhog somewhere on the circuit. So In yeah. Yeah. Maybe it might do a better job, who knows? <laughs> See, if I was at that Grand Prix weekend as like a member of one of the teams, I would purposely go find one and put it in like a rival's car, like actually just down in the pedal box, just because the chaos it would cause would just be pure comedy gold. But that's probably so why. Was, was in Canada where Vettel had his team radio, there's something big between my legs. And it just turns out maybe this time it'd be a groundhog. <laughs> I don't know, but I know exactly the video clip you're on about. Hmm. Anyway, that seems like the perfect point before we get uh, slightly sidetracked by what's between Sebastian Vettel's legs. Um, to conclude our preview episode for the Canadian Grand Prix, does anyone have any final opinions or points they would like to throw into the ring? I'm just happy that it's back on the calendar. It should never have left. And if we're gonna, if I'm going to hark back to a previous episode of ours, Jesse, to go to it to the uh, the calendar making one that we had with Harry Benjamin to say that this is a track that at a time when F1 calendar is being debated should never leave it because it's it's not quite a legacy track but it's damn near close to it. Although speaking of uh, calendars and tracks that should be on I the calendar, I shouldn't have said something here. It's not confirmed. Hold your horses. Renewed discussions for South Africa making a return to the Grand Prix calendar. I am so excited. Come on, it's got to happen. Hopefully not at the expense of Spa, which is slightly worrying me. I don't think it's going to be... You can can get rid of France for that. That's acceptable. But if it's Spa, then you can sod right off. Russian Grand Prix replacement. Yeah, but they're not talking about it then, are they? They're talking about it in the summer. Mr. Mr. comes in in the summer, doesn't it? It comes in just after Monza, which is sort of mid-September, which is sort of summer. You're stretching. It'll be winter in South Africa, though, because they're upside down, remember? You're really not helping yourself, though, here, are you? It'll be an exciting race. Kyle Army in the wet. Oh, tell me you're not excited by that prospect. Not at the expense of Spa. 
Right. And it's also not confirmed yet. If you're just going to be so stubborn about it, we'll move on. And uh, you can find Timo on the internet. Uh, he's also got a new podcast starting up, which uh, are, you, are you trying to rival us? Are you trying to run away from this? No, no, I'm just, uh, you know, utilising my natural talent and, you know, talent spots talent. So you've just got to spread your wings a little bit, you know. And it's natural rally cross. It's very different from F1, so there's no competing whatsoever. Don't you worry. I, w- I wonder if his predictions are just as wacky over there. They're more likely to come true over there if you watch any Nitro Rally Cross, to be fair. So that's my, my plug for it. And we should have, have some uh, some special guests on for, for that podcast as well. So it'll be an exciting one for you all to listen to, even if you have no idea what's going on. Are you going to invite us on? I'll see. <laughs> it'll be like bring your child to work day or just sort of sat there just going, Timo, Timo. So bear in mind, Eddie, mate, we're having enough trouble getting you to watch Formula 2 at the moment. I don't know how likely we are to get you to watch Nitro Rallycross. I mean, I watched a lot of F2 on, over the weekend. I just One weekend about a quarter of the way through the season. Yeah. For context, for those who are just new to this podcast today. It's not, I don't want to, though. I do want to watch it. It's just... My Again, like, like your prediction or, or like your claim that uh, Alonso had got a fastest lap, he tried, and that's a very different thing. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Fernando are on the same page, and I'm fine with that. There is no try, only do. Anyway. Um, you can find Ellie May on the Undercut podcast and in a deck chair with Fernando Alonso. <laughs> in the same deck chair, or? <laughs> that's up to you. <laughs> you can have a deck chair next to him if you'd rather. Um, and of course, you can find me on uh, Jesse on Cars on Instagram and Twitter as well as on the writing team at Classic Car Weekly where I'm talking all things old cars and occasionally uh, Formula One I'm slowly bringing them round to uh, using it as a platform to go and bump into as many old racing drivers as possible should be off to go and interview Jackie X uh, later this week which is quite exciting if that doesn't happen you're now going to have to cut that out no, it does have thing is he won't know about it until after he's already published this. Exactly. So I've got so, to go and do this. But it's booked in, it's fine. <laughs> if if we see on the news of, of a tall man chasing an elderly man down Savile Row, we know what's going on. I reckon Jackie X is pretty spry on his feet, to be fair. I don't need it if he's trying to get away from you. I, I reckon I'd have a hard time catching him. Never take me alive, brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, getting slightly back down to a grounded reality uh, Jacob of course you can find in Yoldi Tavern in a heap next to a barrel of mead and uh, probably again on this podcast at some point in the future so Jacob yeah. thank- uh, drunk the uh, barrel of mead I'll then be found on top of the barrel of mead probably asleep quite exactly uh, Jacob thank you very much for joining us again for a big triple recording of course uh, this forms part three of essentially a three-parter our Baku review our Formula 2 Baku review and this our Canadian Grand Prix preview you'll of course be able to find us next week with our review of the Canadian Grand Prix thank you very much for listening and uh, catch us again next time where you might also find us on Spotify by that point point.